You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. This is probably going to be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're already off to it. What, each what, have 10 picks. What, us have a long show? Um, and that, people, I think is how we're going to start Geekiest Show Ever this week, is that we may have a long show. Yes, I know. Uh, oh, I know what one of your picks is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, oh, no, I thought we were doing TV shows, though. This is that's a movie. I that's a movie. That's yeah, that's a, a movie. movie. Yeah, Never okay. mind. Never mind, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and as you record this, apparently there's some people down in Atlanta arguing over a bowl of soup or something. I don't know if it's clam chowder or if it's mutton stew. I don't know what it is. Uh, uh, you know, there's some weird event going on. But, you know, we don't let, you know, silly sports ball things like man, that. Man, I want uh, clam chowder now, man. Why do you have to go and say that? <laughs> I don't like clams. And I, used, do I. And I, I do. <laughs> I used to raise sheep, but I'm not all that crazy about uh, mutton either. So uh, I guess they can just go away then. Um, whatever. But you know. But this. Well, w- let's get down to the uh, important get stuff first. Business. Well, let's get down to the important stuff first. The weather. Oh, the weather. Yes, because we've been <laughs> we've been through a roller coaster here in the Midwest. Um, last. Uh, Sunday night, we got a bunch of snow, and then it blew about 40 miles an hour Monday uh, morning. And then Tuesday, we got nailed by the uh, polar vortex, so we had a low of minus 30 on Wednesday morning, I believe it was. 30 or 31, whatever. Fucking cold. Um, (laughs) Yes. Well, think What's of, a degree? Yeah, think of it this way. We keep our house about 70 degrees, and it was minus 30 outside. So there's a 100 degrees temperature difference between our house and the outside. Um, so In Arizona. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear you, you know, <laughs> being comfortable out there in, uh, in Arizona. And then uh, yesterday and today, it actually got up to about Uh-oh. 26 we lost or so. Mike. Mike, you're gone. What? You were gone there for a moment. Oh, maybe attack of the Cylons. Maybe I got too many pages. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll turn off my video. That way you don't mm-hmm. have to see me. Maybe that'll help a little bit there too. Um, but make the Skype gods happy. Oh, please. Yeah. Don't ask me to sacrifice anything. I don't know if I could find any versions anyway. Um, but, um, so and yesterday the temperature got up to about the mid twenties. We, we actually had some, um, uh, melting, and now we're supposed to get more snow. Um, and then, so, and I think the, uh, I had my weather open here. And then, um, come on, show me the day here. Uh, yeah, so the next week we're just through the roller coaster here, so it's going to cool off again. Highs around in single digits, either side of zero. Lows, uh, looks like next Thursday we might hit a minus 25 again. Yeah. So, yeah, our weather sucks, so. Wow. That's a big difference from us. Well, yeah, what's your weather? Because normally the weather you have moves its way east because we had the cold temperatures too, but not as bad as you. I think for us it got down to about minus 20, which is bad enough. Um, but right now it is 41 degrees. It's supposed to be 50 and sunny tomorrow and 50 on Tuesday. And then drop back down to the 60s and 40s and even 22 on Saturday and then start heading back up again next weekend. So oh, hell, that sounds a lot like Arizona right now. So we're going to be getting a lot of melting. We had some melting today. You could just look in my driveway and see all this water running from, you know, leaking off the roof, you know, melting off the roof and then running down the side of the house and down the driveway. So tomorrow and Tuesday should really be helpful to get rid of this 
damn snow that's out there. I'm sure Kevin's probably crying right now. Right. <laughs> that's where all the water came from. You say that. Yeah, it's probably Kevin's he, tears. He can come up here because we got like three-foot banks of snow on either side of our driveway. It's getting to the point where it's getting a little hard to blow it anywhere. If we get much more, we may have a bit of an issue there. But, okay. Oh, we don't have that. We don't okay. have that. A lot yeah. of that went away. I think we're probably down, I would say, maybe five inches. Oh, Lord. See, I, I took a picture and I posted it on different social things. I think I sent it to you guys and uh, mm-hmm. Messenger, whatever. Uh, and I, I said something about, you know why they call it the Winter Wonderland? Because you wonder where the hell the land is at. Um, it's buried under several feet of snow out here. So, okay, okay, Melissa, go ahead and add to mm-hmm. my seasonal affective disorder and tell me what your, your weather is like. Yeah, okay. It's actually very similar to what Elisa was talking about. It's 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 sound the sad trombone because it's actually been very very rainy and thank you. <laughs> been very very rainy here. <laughs> you were ready for that. Hmm. What's that about? <laughs> it's been rainy here. It's it, and it's not uh, going to let up for the next couple of days. It's going to be rainy and cloudy. And let's see, the the hottest it's going to get is going to be probably on Friday at 67. Everything else is going to be in the mid-60s, 65. It's going to dip down to 53 on Wednesday, fifty back up to 56 on Thursday. That's when the sun comes back out. But then after that, after Saturday, it's going to tank again. And the clouds and the rain are going to come back in. So, yeah, a little bit of roller coastery here. Okay, if but- you... If you hear weeping, still in the positives. <laughs> yeah, if you if you hear weeping, that's just me over here. But uh, I know. Yeah, I, and I I was looking at and when we get to that. Uh, I think our picks uh, kind of reflect the way we feel about uh, the weather and things right now. But we'll we'll save that for when we that's get to true. that part. That's true. Yeah. Uh, no, I sense a certain trend there, especially between Elisa and me. Uh, mm-hmm. But. Uh, so yeah, we do, we uh, we're gonna do something this show. We've picked out our ten top TV shows. I guess we didn't discuss it beforehand. We want, I suppose, we want, uh, let's go in turns um, and work our way down our lists. I would assume. yeah. That way, if we have any agreement, we can talk about them. Sure. Okay. Go, yeah, I picked that one too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was wondering so, what we were gonna have in common. I don't think anyone's gonna have the same as the ones that I picked. Well, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Well, there may be one or two that pop up, but most of mine, I think, uh, are varied. Some of them are old. Some of them are new. Some of them are off the air. Um, so, well, how about I'll, I'll kick this thing off here, and I'll start out with what I would, uh, you know, and it's in no particular order, but I might consider this my number one show, and that's mm-hmm. Max Headroom. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, from uh, uh, 19, what year was it? 80, uh, 88, 87, I guess, 1987. Uh, I Never like, saw you didn't it. put them in any order of like rating them 1 to 10? or this, These are just 10 that you thought of that off the top of your head? These are, Basically, these are your yeah. 10 of all time? Yeah. but like, It's too hard to say 1, yeah. 2, 3, 4. It's too hard. I know. It was so hard. I was, I was just doing it like off the top of my head and just, you know, just listing my favorites. And I ended up with, you know, I stopped at like 24 and I thought, okay, now I need to pare this down and then i think of a, another one and i thought nah should i put it on the list should i so i ended up doing it in order of 
chronologically, yeah. like from my childhood on up through. So and, that's how I did mine. And I kind of did mine in brain order. And like I said, the rest, there, I don't okay. really assign the number to. But this one, Max Headroom, I do, it is my favorite show for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's science fiction. Uh, that's one of the things that you know I really am into. Uh, and because of that, I, I claim this show or uh, say this show – uh, allowed me to join uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk because when that podcast started out, it was just Jeff and Julie, and they were doing it themselves. But then they realized with people, you know, taking off and doing things, a third person would help, you know, fill in the gap sometimes and maybe add some more to the podcast. And so Julie brought me in as a guest, and she said, "But well, what show do you want to do?" I said, "Let's do Max Headroom." And the last time I te- checked, which was like maybe a few years ago now, that was still the top-rated. Uh, show in terms of downloads for the podcast we've done so uh, hmm. so like i say kind of got my foot in the door got me on the podcast it you know uh kind of cemented uh you know my place on the show there so but and i you know the thing i like about this is it predicted a lot of uh stuff um in its own way but you look at what they were saying and what we have now the form is different but the idea is the same like they were predicting networking internet um they had this guy that would show up in a van, you know, to do on-the-spot instant news reporting. Now we do it with our cell phones, but you know, there down was, by the river. Yeah, um, <laughs> there was all that kind of stuff that um, you know it, it, it predicted it. Uh, you know, maybe not the exact form, but certainly the ideas was there, and um, you know, artificial intelligence and a lot of that stuff. So, uh, like I say, I I really that's one of my that's my favorite show, and then, like the rest are in whatever order they i thought of but let me tell you something you are definitely going there will be a special treat for you if you do decide to watch altered carbon okay i will leave it at that okay uh yeah and i should again there's lots of shows i should dip into and if i would quit playing video games and go out there well i have been watching um I've been playing Minecraft today, and, and, and a show that's on my list that we'll get to i've been watching that and catching up on back episodes so i but the problem is I should watch, like, Star Trek Discovery, but the problem is a lot of that is um, Klingon subtitles, so I kind of have to stop what I'm doing and read the blasted subtitles. Yeah, so that's, that. that's not a Minecraft type of game. But So, um, uh, Elisa, what's, uh, what's the first show on your list? Oh, you're not going to do all your shows? No, I thought we'd alternate back and forth. Or do you that's wanna- a good idea. Or do you want to go straight down the list? Go, go do, 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 do your entire list. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, I've got Hawaii Five-0. So that was the show that I was watching today, the new version. That's my mother-in-law's ringtone. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, it's my ringtone for her when she calls because it's one of her favorite shows and she loves them. So when she calls, that's what plays. <laughs> Okay, well, this is the new version. I remember growing up with the old version. And so when I'm watching this, I remember some of that stuff. But, cripes, I was only, what, 10, 12 years old when it was on. I should have looked up to see when the original show was on. But uh, so a lot of the names and stuff is familiar, but I'm sure they've changed and modernized a lot of it. Um, But I do, you know, and you were talking about narrowing shows down. I almost just wanted to have a... uh, uh, pick a genre because I have this thing for procedurals like TV uh, procedural shows um, Mm -hmm. uh, Law and Order and a lot of them and so you know I I also had NCIS and Bones on there and again I just something about uh, 
you know, police shows like that, and I like the ones that have nerds in them, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, NCIS. They had. Um, uh, Abby, she's left the show, but they got another one on there. Uh, Bones had their uh, the science geeks in there. Uh, you know, police uh, police dramas that have you know uh, your your geeks in there. And there's just something satisfying about watching a TV show where the uh, uh, the bad guy gets it. And I think the reason why I'm liking Hawaii Five O right now is. Um, and I don't know what it says about me, but um, it seems like every show they have a chase that ends with somebody either getting clotheslined, spectacularly tackled, you know, something like that. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, when they're trying to get information out of the bad guys, they will engage in uh, enhanced interrogation techniques. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, you know, like I said, they're bad men, so it really doesn't make me feel that, that you know, violated or whatever. Um and then uh, a show from my childhood. I've got uh, MASH, the TV show. Uh, ding, ding, ding. That's the so first do one. I. Okay. Ah, right. that's three. That's three. I have right. MASH on my list, too. We have a trifecta. Um, we do. And like, so, and what, so what number is this? Number four? Yeah. Mine, uh, okay. Yeah, about, Mine's yeah. number three. So. Yep. yep. Um, like I say, growing up, you know, I watched that. And, it, you know, one of those shows that kind of influenced me the way – you know, sometimes I kind of fall into Hawkeye Pierce mode where I'm that mm-hmm. wisecracking, you know, smart ass uh, running around saying things, you know. Um, so, yeah, certainly that's influenced me. Um, and, you know, probably, you know, I could, I'm mad enough to admit it when um, um, Colonel Henry Blake uh, died in a plane crash. Oh. Yes. That was horrible. Yes, that was a punch to the gut because I was sitting there and it's like, you know, he's leaving. He thought, oh, you know, great. And then all of a sudden they came in and his uh, plane crashed. And if yeah. I, and if I remember the trivia right, I think only uh, Alan Alda was the only one that knew that. Um, I was actually listening to Alan Alda on Gilbert Gottfried's uh, podcast and he was talking oh, about gosh. that. Yeah, that's, Gilbert Godfrey does a podcast. Oh, it's, wow. actually, it's actually pretty good. Him and another guy, and they talk to different stars, uh, and they try to get the ones, the lesser known ones, uh, or the ones that's kind of been forgotten. But they had him on there, and I think they said that for when they uh, recorded that, filmed that, he was the only one that knew about the twist to that plot. So when they were filming oh. it, that was supposed to be the their... reaction would be yeah. Real. But the problem was there was a technical glitch, so they had to do it a second time. So then they had to fake it. But yeah, that's what they were going for. They were trying for that you know that kind of sucker punch on your emotion. And I know as a viewer, when I was sitting there watching that, you know, it's like holy crap, you know, that just you know sucker punched me. Um, and then next on my list, I've got House Hunters because I, a little bit of a voyeur, you know, whatever. You, you know, I would, I'm one of those guys that I would almost like to go to these open houses they have when somebody's selling their house because I just like to walk through houses and see the choices that people make, either as far as decorating or the design of the house. And mm-hmm, I agree. Oh yeah. And when we were buying houses, uh, when we went, when we bought our house, uh, was it now almost, uh, almost 20 years ago now, um, we looked at different houses and we're kind of going, you know, and some of these houses were built early on before they had indoor plumbing. Well, then they went and added some and then it's like, 
that was a weird choice to do it that way or whatever. But, you know, this gives you a chance to look at these different houses. And then you can second guess the people because, obviously, they're not smart enough to make their own decision. They should be listening to us. Um, But, um, you know, they like this house for that reason or whatever. And, you know, you try to guess, and sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're going, what? Um, But, like I said, What's that about? I've heard of it. Is it where they go and, like, look for houses to flip? No, no, this is, they, they want to buy a house, um, and so they will go on here, and they will find three houses. Sometimes there's international house hunters. There's different twists that they kind of do with that. Um, so they want to move to a different country, let's say, and so they go there, and they show them three houses, and they get to pick it. Yeah, there's, there's, no, oh. there's no flipping involved here. It's just like they want to buy so a like new house. These are like super realtors. Yeah. They walk through. Yes, yeah, something like that. And like you say, it gives you a chance to look at different styles of houses. Uh, uh, you know, there was one that they wanted to buy a Cape Cod house. And so they had they would have these lists of we want this, this and this. And so the realtor tries to find three houses that sort of match some. They can't find anything. You know, obviously, it's going to fit the bill perfectly. So they try to find three houses and the pluses and the minuses of each of them and what they like and don't like and then yeah but you know you get to look at all this stuff and I, to me like I say especially the international house hunter show um, you see houses in different countries where you know here in the United States uh, space isn't a problem but some cultures you have to pack things in really tightly I think I watched the show where they were in Rome and they had were looking at apartments there and cripes their apartment was the size of some of the rooms in our house so you know it was really mm-hmm. cramped so it gives you a slice of uh, you know uh, I like to watch stuff on tiny houses I like to oh, see yeah. how people live tiny the, yeah. we have a very small house it's just not a tiny house but I always think about how much smaller could we go? Oh, yeah. And I've watched that show, and I forgot about that show. Um, but, yeah, I've watched that. And it's just something about, like I say, design, layout, choices made, you know, what some people think are good ideas and what other people don't. But um, and then next on my list, here's a shocker, Star Trek, the original series. <laughs> I was going to put Star Trek New Generation on there, but I decided not to. I've yeah. never seen a Star Trek episode. <laughs> Oh no, I killed Mike. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, Again, never? This is not my thing. You can't, well, okay. can't be on Geeky's show ever. No, I'm it's just, yeah. I'm it's just, just not, not my thing. I'm what? just no interest. Battlestar Galactica, all those shows, I just not interested. I, I know you don't. You're not a fan of science fiction like I am. So, yeah, I, yeah, no. I, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, I grew up. Uh, again, that's one of those shows that kind of has a special place in my heart. I grew up watching it when it originally aired because I am that old. And the thing would be that sometimes my brother, uh, who's about 14 years older than I am, he would come home from college and we would sit down because I would have been about uh, five or six at that point, somewhere in there. And um, we would watch the shows together on television. So, you know, it was one of those family moments. But, you know, that kind of sparked my interest in in science fiction and everything. Um, okay, and then another show, uh, it, it's like I say, it was only on for two seasons, and you can find it on Amazon, but it's called Bad Ink. It's, it was a tattoo show. Oh, yeah, I like that show. It's not on my list, but that's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Because, I wish they would have continued that. They could have oh, just yeah. gone on and on and on with that, but I love those stories. Those are great. Yeah, I like those kind of shows that you know have uh, stories to them. Um, yeah, because I think well, I must have skipped over one. Yeah, because like I said, uh, you got you said stories. Um, 
because I got uh, Bad Ink and American Pickers too on my list, and both of those are you know they involve stories of some sort. The Bad Ink show was these people had uh, gotten bad tattoos, and then they go out to Vegas, and these guys are there, and you know they try to fix their tattoos, but along the way you find out about the people, you know they you why know, they got the tattoo and the story yeah. behind it. Yeah. yeah, or like some of them, they tried to get one to commemorate somebody, and the tattoo turned out bad. So then they go and change the tattoo, and they you know save it, and they do really good work. Um, yeah, yeah, I love the reveals. The reveal—that's oh, yeah. the best part. Yeah, and like I say, I've got a little ink on my body here, not you know as bad as some people, but I've got a you know a few geek tattoos on my arm here. Uh, so like I say, and that kind of spurred my wife and I because we both have gotten a few tattoos. So um, that kind of spurred us. And then, like, then I've got American Pickers, too. And, like I say, they just go around the country. And, they, again, it's the human interest stuff. They talk to these people. They get the stories behind the stuff they're buying. You get a little bit of history. You get to see, uh, you know, different things, different parts of the country. You get to see these guys interact with each other, um, you know. Um, it's like, like antiques roadshow, but they actually go out on the road, maybe? Are they looking yeah. for antiques? Or yeah, well, what are, they, what are they looking to pick? Um, it's not always antiques it's uh anything that's kind of interesting they will buy you know what other people consider junk they will buy stuff they like to buy these signs they call them that look a little roach that's got some rust some characters mm. some patina to them um yeah they will buy they bought old cars they will buy uh uh the one guy frank he likes uh oil cans uh you know like valvoline all those different kinds of uh, oil products cans and signs and so he's a collector of, more of a yeah. collector of a certain theme yeah well yeah and uh, you know they have interest he also likes toys uh mike wolf likes uh motorcycles and bicycles and you know they each kind of have an area of interest but if they see anything that they can bring back to the store in iowa and, and sell uh and they also have opened one in atlanta i believe it is um but anything that they think they that can sell, something that's unique and interesting, somebody will want to see. So, like I say, it's not limited to antiques, but it's just whatever they can find that you know has some character and has a story behind it. Because you know, uh, I think once they went looking for uh, Civil War memorabilia. Well, once I think they took on a job for Dollywood, and she needed some specific items, so they were going around trying to find these items and you know get the story behind them and this kind. So they're of kind stuff. of like buyers, but with a story behind it. Right, that's cool. All right. Uh, and then a show that's currently on the air right now is uh, called God Friended Me. I think it's in its second season now. Um, kind of an interesting premise. This guy, who's the, his dad is a minister. He's an avowed atheist. And he gets friended by God on Facebook. So now he's trying to run around and prove that you know, the God account, as they call it, is a fake. But in the process, he goes around, you know, helps these people. And he's getting, kind of getting sucked into it now that he's, you know, they think there's a you know real person behind the God account, but in the process, you know, he's it's a feel good show. You know, I, I do that once in a while because I just you know I need to feel good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, or you know, to, just sometimes I want to help people just to confuse people. Uh, but you know, you do it's that kind of show that um, you know, and in the process, is him and his dad have come together. Uh, you know, their relationship has gotten better, and so like I say, it's a, a positive show that you know goes around tries to help people, and like I say, it's self discovery and all that kind of stuff. What's that one called again? God friended me. 
Oh, okay. It's on CBS. I watch it. I almost never watch anything on the TV. I usually watch it on apps or, you know, Mm -hmm. Fire TV or something like that. And then my last two shows, I'll just kind of throw them together. Again, two procedurals. NCIS, that's been on, like, I don't know, forever. Uh, I think 17 years or something like that. Um, I like it just because it's the characters on the show that, you know, I really, how they interact, how they like each other. When they, somebody dies, uh, there's been a few characters that have been horrendously killed off. And you actually, you know, again, I feel, you know, gut punched when they do things like that. Um, and then the same way with Bones, I, you know, mentioned it earlier, but, uh, you know, just, uh, again, it's the relationships on there. Cause I tried watching like, MacGyver, which should fit my criteria, but I don't know. I just can't warm up to those characters. They haven't gotten me yet. So they also need to have people in there that you actually give a crap about. So, but that's that's my list. So, uh, uh, Melissa, uh, yeah, Melissa, you want to do your list now? Oh, like I said, I did mine kind of in order of my from my childhood up to currently, and so. I just realized that I don't think any of these, well, except for the last one, I don't think any of these are still continuing. So all of these are over with. So they're kind of history. But I was really trying to pick, because, I mean, the challenge was the top 10 TV shows of all time, meaning like my time here on Earth and since I've been old enough to watch TV. So I tried to go back in time and think about shows that really made an impact on me, shows that... I see other shows today maybe model off of that show or some of the production quality. That's a lot of what met what had to meet my criteria was production quality. Things that were very well produced and had a lot of creativity and made you think about things. And so the first one, since I'm going back through childhood, is Mr. Rogers. That I just mm-hmm. that was one of my first Shows that I remember watching as a kid that was on all the time for, I mean, it went on for years. It, it seemed that way anyway. Uh, you know, when you're a little kid, time seems to have a different effect on you later on in life. But I just remember watching that a lot because, you know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And so that was on. Um, uh, and I you know I wish that there's shows that kind of have been modeled off of that. I, I miss that type of show. I wish that there was something like that. Like, I almost kind of wish that my children watched more TV with shows like that. They don't. There's different kinds of stuff that they watch. And they're, you know, I guess what I'm thinking about is like they're all watching YouTube videos nowadays. That's kind of their TV content. And it's not that they don't have other enriching shows, but nothing like what Mr. Rogers was back to me then. I don't have anything for that. I don't have anything like that for my children. So I'm kind of a little sad about that. And then next after that, um, I kind of lump these two together because they're by the same creator, but anything Jim Henson. I love Jim, Jim Henson stuff. So the Muppets and Fraggle Rock, those are shows that I watched a lot. And you were talking about uh, family connections, Mike, and definitely the Muppets. Cause I always remembered watching the Muppets with my grandparents. Every time we'd sleep over, we'd watch the Muppets that would then be followed by Penny Hill. You know, grandpa would let us stay up a little <laughs> bit extra late and we'd watch Penny Hill. So that's where I get my warped sense of humor from ah. <laughs> having those two things combined. That explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> my, my mother was into Benny Hill. I had a poster of the Muppet show. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to play the music. It's, I love uh-huh. Waldorf and Astoria, but my favorite oh, was yeah. my favorite was Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker. 
Oh yeah, everybody's got their their favorites, and my grandfather always reminded me of Waldorf and Statler, like combined in one person, because he'd be so critical and he'd sit there and, you know, making jokes about stuff. So, so that's my number two is the Muppets and Fraggle Rock, those two Jim Jim Henson productions. Again, just because it was so so creative, and there was just so much going on and so much art. I actually did end up going. Um, I don't know if it was before Keegan was born, but we went to a an art gallery that had a bunch of Jim Henson stuff on display. So I actually got to see the puppets up close and the materials and the stuff. They were all, you know, behind glass cases and things. And <laughs> oddly enough, it actually wasn't a good place to take a little child to, <laughs> ironically. Um, it was a lot of, don't touch this. Don't, don't touch that. Oh, get away from that. Don't put your hands on the glass and stuff. But uh, that was neat to see. I, um, whenever I make tutorials and uh, whenever I train people, I use the Muppets or Fraggles, the characters, like, for example, if I'm going to give someone a lesson on the contacts app and I want to show them how to share contacts, I use the Muppets as the the contact people, as the characters, you know, and I make like their their address will be Sesame Place or, or some, something like that. And uh, just so I don't have to use anybody's real name. So I use Muppets and Fraggles as, as my examples. And you guys have heard that my, my hard drives are named after Sesame Street monsters. It has to be monsters. It has to be a monster. So I have all my hard drives named after Sesame Street monsters. So that I And I have little icons for them and everything. So I love <laughs> Jim Henson stuff. And then number three on my list was MASH. So that was our, our common. It, was that the only one so far? Was our... So far, but let me go back to what Mike said about um, when Henry died. I'm on the Internet Movie Database, which I swear to God, I live on that that website. Oh, yeah. Um, What it's saying is when Henry Blake died in the end of that show, the show's writers and producers were bombarded with hate mail and letters of protest. Some people wrote letters saying that Henry Henry Blake is alive and well in their city. The point the producers and writers were trying to make was that all soldiers did not necessarily return home safely when their tour of duty was over. Mm. And then what Mike was saying, in order to evoke genuine emotions of shock and sadness from the actors, the final OR scene was kept a secret from the cast, with the exception of Alan Alda, until immediately before filming. So they did know when they went into filming. Only then was the last page handed out. Mm. After the final scene was finished, the end of the season rap party was canceled due to the poor mood of the cast. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. And Henry was the only character, the main character to be killed off. Yeah, like you were saying, too, like MASH just was, you know, part of my formative years, I guess you could say. I mean, I just I watched it all the time with my dad. It was, you know, another family thing. It was just something that I watched with my dad. I mean, it's not something that I would think like, oh, I watched that with my mom. No, I watched soap operas with her and I didn't really watch them, watch them, you know. But that was like my dad's soap opera, I guess you could say. And then uh, funny thing is... uh, When my husband and I, we eloped the first time we got married and then we like planned our wedding wedding. Like we took the whole year and then we got married with a big wedding wedding the year after. And there were some things that went wrong, like the weather was bad and stuff like that. And uh, in our hotel room, that's what we did on our second wedding night is we watched mash episodes because that was on the, the hotel TV. And that's what was com- it was like comfort food. You know, it was right. like something that was like, you know, you get exhausted after that day. And it was just I was mm-hmm. I was cranky and stuff at the end of the night. And we eventually I mean, we had a good I'm not trying to say we had a terrible wedding night. We didn't. But that was what helped us, you know, have a good time was to sit and relax. And he turned on the TV. And I'm like, oh, MASH is on. It was kind of comforting. And we sat there and watched MASH together. And it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we should be married because we both love MASH. So that was And it's still on TV. Common. It's on, I forget yeah. what station it is, but it's on one of our cable stations in the evening, pretty much every day. 
Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I so. wonder what would happen if my kids would see that. Like, I don't think they would get it. I don't know. It would be interesting to see what they think of it. Yeah. Because I think you kind of had to be there. You know, I was born as the, as the war, the Vietnam war was ending and, um, you know, just, there was still like a lot of war talk going on and stuff. And so I don't know. And plus I, a lot of my family was in the military. So maybe that was part of the intrigue. Yeah. Uh, they have to understand that the joke telling was a way of coping with yes, the horror, yes. you know, the horror around them and, and right. drinking from the still, you know, that right. was, you know, fooling around with the nurses. That was just their coping to mm-hmm. get through this well, war. So many of the people in my family are so sarcastic like that. I mean, it was just <laughs> raw sarcasm all the time, you know? And, and so like, I, that, that's why I said, it's kind of part of my formative years because I did. And like, like you said, Mike, I learned a lot about sarcasm from watching that show. Um, another another fun story that I that I like to relate to that a fun memory was that uh, I had an algebra teacher in um, junior high who was a big MASH fanatic and that worked to my advantage because I was one of the only girls that actually watched MASH that really enjoyed the show because he would give us quizzes pop quizzes but then he'd always have like a bonus extra credit question and sometimes I didn't do so well on the quiz but then the bonus points helped me and it would always be a MASH question so I would usually know the answer. So that was that was cool. So that was Mash. That was number three, and then number four. I have to say was Laverne and Shirley. I loved Laverne. Oh and Shirley. Yeah. yeah. Is that a, that's on your list or no? It's not. But like yeah. a friend and I, a friend. I, it's even, <laughs> this is embarrassing to say, but a, a friend of mine and I would pretend to be Laverne and Shirley. That's mm. cute. <laughs> she was Laverne and I was Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, and you, which way, did you try? Like actually drinking Pepsi with milk in it or? Oh, God, no. No, but we would dress up in 50s outfits on Halloween and go out trick-or-treating. Yeah. yeah. I think I did that one year for Halloween. But, yeah, I mm-hmm. love Laverne and Shirley. It's just something that I watched all the time. I just thought that they were just the funniest ladies mm-hmm. ever. And I just loved that show. One of my favorite episodes was when she tried to teach, when when Shirley tried to teach Laverne, or wait, I, maybe it was Laverne trying to teach Shirley how to drive a stick shift. And she was using cans and and telling her that this is your clutch and this is your gas. And I just remembered that episode. That was really fun. So that was my number four. And the number five is the X-Files. So that's where I started getting into uh, sci-fi kind of stuff. And I just, I love the X-Files. I also really, really love David Duchovny. He was my, back then, what is my Jason Momoa today. So always have to have like a man crush somewhere in there. That always helps things along. I, yeah. Uh, watched that through college. I can remember vividly whenever the, my, my roomie and I loved X-Files together. So it was another kind of like group kind of thing where we watched it together. I think I was dating a guy that liked it at the time. So it was something that you, I didn't watch it by myself. It was, it was, in fact, it wasn't something that I could watch myself. It was one of those early on TV babies. Like you, you had to watch it with somebody so that you could talk about it. And I remember that at the college where I attended, there was, you know, like a rec room or a place where there was a TV where you could watch it. But of course, it was one TV that you had to share. And so, you know, different people had it scheduled or had it reserved for, for different things. And so occasionally I would be able to go on a night where they were watching X-Files and I would go watch it with those people, but it wasn't the same as watching it with my roomie. And my roomie found an old busted up like TV that still worked. You know, somebody was throwing it out, found it like dumpster diving, diving or something. And I'll never forget. We were so desperate to watch X-Files. The rec room was already taken. You know, we couldn't watch it there. And we're like, what are we going to do? And we found this TV and we had gotten it to work, but that channel that came in, this is how old I am. I know I'm not quite as old as you guys, but I'm still old. <laughs> I still remember having to adjust the rabbit ears. <laughs> we got it so that she adjusted it, but then as soon as she moved, 
the picture would go fuzzy. And so she had to watch it like off to the side. We were that desperate to watch the X-Files that my poor Remy and I would take turns, you know, holding the rabbit ears and just like adjusting them just so. And we'd stand like in our tiny little dorm room just in a certain place so we could watch the damn X-Files. So the X-Files was very, very important. Um, I have tried to watch the the reboot of it. Eh. It's a little hard to get through. It's still good. I'll watch it just to kind of honor it because I liked it that much. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the movie and everything. And yeah, so I was pretty big into X-Files for a while. And then my number six is Seinfeld. Anybody got Seinfeld? Yes, I do. <laughs> Yay, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Are you the master Seinfeld. of your domain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, my, my favorite episode was where she opened up the door and she had all the sponges. She had bought okay. all of the sponges. Are you, are you sponge worthy? <laughs> are you sponge worthy? <laughs> my yes, youngest they're son. real and they're spectacular. spectacular. That was Terry Hatcher. <laughs> yes. My my youngest son. We bought him every season of Seinfeld, and then oh, what that's... he did is he made a a he ranked each season, and then he would rank each like each episode in the season. And wow. then he would rank each episode from series season one and two, then one, two, Very and three. So he would do each each individual season, and then one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, all the way up to the nine. Was it nine seasons? It was um, on for a long ass time. I just remember that. it was on for nine seasons. Wow. Yep. That I mean, all those one liners. Things I picked things that were on for a long time. I had other things on my list, and I ended up bumping them off the list because. They just weren't worthy in the fact that they didn't have the the stamina to run for very long or they may be like so new that maybe they'll make it on a list in the future. But that's another reason why I chose Seinfeld just in in with all the other things. Everything that's on my list has been on for many, many seasons and been on yeah. for several years. You know, they just had that kind of staying power. And then the thing I love about Seinfeld is, yeah, all the pop culture that surrounds it. There'll, there'll be phrases. There'll be things. No soup for you. Yeah, exactly. Things that we still exactly. I say that, and all, all you the have time. to say, and all you have to say is the contest, and everyone <laughs> knows what it is. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and it's just stuff like that. That, and it's one of those types of shows that when you say a phrase like that, if people look at you with a raised eyebrow, they don't know what the hell you're talking about. They're, you look at them and you size them up, and you think, one, you're not old enough to know what that means, or two. You're not worthy <laughs> to know what that means because you didn't watch the damn show. Or like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. So it's just it's lots of pop culture references from that show that was just rich in in pop culture. So I love it for that. It's it's one of those timeless things that you'll just you'll always save things like that. No soup for you. You know, just yeah, every time we go to get a rent a car, you know how to make the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff yeah. right there. So my number seven goes along with Mike's stuff. This is why I know that we're all geeks together. Like we we make such good <clears throat> friendships. Such, we have such good chemistry because I can tell there's all these little things that we have in common. So my number seven is CSI Las Vegas. Again, uh, I yes. like those procedural shows. Yep. Uh, I figured you were thinking about that one. I thought it may have just not yep. made the list because it was just another one of those procedural yeah. shows. Yeah, and it was. And like, but say, it's so geeky. It is, and like I said, that was I've I have these shows that I have gone through while I'm playing Minecraft or some game that doesn't require a lot of attention, uh, and so I've watched. I think I've gone through and watched all of the CSI episodes, uh, all of CSI New York, I think it was, and 
Did I watch all of CSI Miami? I think I did. So I've watched a bunch of those shows. And like I say, I just go back and, and binge on these things and just mm-hmm. watch them from beginning to end. And they're good enough that you don't have to be paying strict attention. As long as you watch it out of the corner of your eye and you listen to the dialogue, you know, you're pretty good. So you can do something. I, I like to pay attention because I see again, these are I picked all these shows because of the craft, because of how much production value went into them and, and how well they were produced and CSI, especially because I'm a graphics person. I was, you know, I studied graphics in college. And so it's kind of my, it's kind of my jam. So I just always really appreciated the amount of, of okay. art and craft that went into it. And yeah, the technical stuff. And, you know, I'd always sit there just about every show when they'd go, can you zoom in on that? Can you, can you oh, make yeah. that image sharper? And like, Enhance. yeah, right. You know, like yeah. here I am, you know, and I would be probably like what, what you were doing, Mike, like you're playing video games. And I think I do recall, actually, I would watch it through college. And so I probably would be working on a Photoshop file where I was like, you know, 12 layers deep into it and I'm doing stuff and, and they go and they zoom in and they depixelate yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you oh. know, but I still watched it. You know, a lot of the stuff was far fetched, but it was still the idea of it. The idea that if you could do that, then you could solve a crime with this tool, you know. So I just, I did just like you. I always liked it that they got the bad guy at the end and what they had to go through, and also the relationships, you know, the backstory, the stuff that went on between the different characters on the show. And I was really sad when when that went went down. Um, one of my favorites, one of my absolute favorite, um, what do you call it? I guess it was it was one of those things where you know how. Each episode would be just one story and it would be kind of wrapped up within that episode. But then they had some that carried across different episodes. It would be, you know, to be continued. But some of them went across where it was like this other crime that was going on in the background or it would make a resurgence, you know, in the following season or something. But they would have these ones that would continue as a continuous story that kept you just on the edge of your sheet. And you're like, I got to watch the next one. I got to see what happens. And my favorite one for that was the miniature killer where there was oh, a, yeah. do you remember that? Yep. Where there was yep. this girl who designed these little doll houses and she would make a little design about the next murder was going to happen. It was a clue. And she would do all these things in really miniature, you know, like polymer clay and stuff. And I just thought that was wild. I love that one. That was my favorite. Yeah. The prob- uh, problem with a lot of these shows is, uh, and I kind of have to grit my teeth and get past it. They all have their MacGuffin. You were talking about yeah. the, the uh, enhance, enhance of the photo uh, shop that right. it's just like no 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 or of the photos and you know and uh, you know some of these shows all have that little quirk their little thing that they do and it's just like just it'll be done in a minute here just bite your tongue yeah get past like i was talking about that before in other shows where it's like the technical advisor you know who is the technical advisor in this well csi las vegas i would give it a pass because they were really creative about some of the stuff and the fact that yeah there were times when the cell phone ui or the screen wasn't quite legit but i had to give them credit because you had to know that they they in their graphics, they must have had to design some real custom user interfaces for some of that stuff. And so I kind of give them a pass for that because I'm like, yeah, well, this might not. Yeah, so that iPhone screen is very accurate. But look at what they did in these couple of scenes where they had to make this this graphical user interface and they had to design what was going to show up on the computer. And somebody had to make that up. Like somebody had to make that happen. So I thought yeah. that, that, was, yeah. that was pretty creative. And then one other kind of cringeworthy thing when I'm watching some of these shows, they've tried for real awkward uh, product placement in Hawaii. I've always really terrible there for a while. <laughs> and there are some other shows where um, 
I'm watching it, and they're all whipping out their uh, Microsoft products, their Windows Phone, uh-huh. and their their yeah. tablets, and this kind of stuff. And then also, I think Chevy was sponsoring them because they're driving a, a Camaro around, uh, and you can see all the Chevy mm. products in there. And I forget which show it was. Well, I think even on. Um, Hawaii Five One. I know there are some other shows uh, where they were blatant product placements for Subway sandwiches, where they were talking mm-hmm. about how good and healthy these sandwiches are. And I'm going, get your uh, get your damn commercial cheesy. out of my show. Yes. Oh <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. And the sub prob the That's sub not too food. obvious now, is it? Yeah, kind of like a freight train yeah. bearing on down on you. But I I had right. to get that off my chest. But anyway. But on the opposite is true is true also. I do also appreciate shows where they they work extra hard to hide the logos, but you still know what it is. You're like, yeah, that's an Apple right. computer. Come on. You're not fooling right. me. But because they didn't pay the licensing or whatever, it's like, oh, okay. So, uh next on my list at number 8 is Breaking Bad. Yep. Got to have there. You got that on yours? Is that mm-hmm. another? All right. Oh yeah. Love Breaking Bad. You know, and it's one of those shows where it's a slow burn. And you talk about people, you talk to people about watching the show and they either, you know, agree with you and they think it's a great show or it seems to be one or the other in in my experience. I don't know about yours, but it seems like whenever I bring it up, people say, oh, I tried to watch that. That's the same thing that I always hear. I hear that all the time. I tried to watch that and I couldn't get into it. And I have to say that I agree with them. I did try to watch it and I couldn't get into it. And something, I don't know if it was Twitter or just... I don't think it was actually like FOMO, but it was just something kept pulling at me. And I kept thinking so many people are talking about this and so many of the people that I follow that I really respect their opinions. And I think I got to give it another shot because I did the same thing. I watched the first couple of episodes, maybe the first two, maybe three. And I thought, I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't see what the appeal is for this. And then I let it go. I let it sit for months. I remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember this. I, I remember letting it sit for so long. And then I finally went back into it. And started watching it again. And that was the first show I think that I've ever, I'm just, I'm not one of these people that I wanted to see so badly what was going to happen. I forget what the glitch was. I ended up actually purchasing the season, I guess, five to six. It was like a half a season or something weird. And I ended up purchasing it on, on iTunes just so that I could watch it. And because I was in deep and, and it, it was, it was not something, I don't know why, I guess because it had to do with a teacher. I don't know, maybe it just bothered him too much. I could not get my husband to watch it with me. That was not, that was just something that I ended up watching um, probably through, you know, still in the early stages of, of Keegan being a baby. It was probably stuff that I still watched when I was sleep deprived and wasn't getting any sleep anyway. So I think I probably binged it at night and stuff and got through it all on my own. But, uh, yeah, that was one of those ones where I just I, – I had to go back and see what the big deal was, and then I got sucked in. And then I saw, oh, this is why. This is so good. I can't I can't stop watching it. So – and I was I was kind of sad that it was coming to an end, but I accepted it. It just – you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it, they tied it up nicely, kind of gave you closure. I have not gotten into Better Call Saul, but I want to. Have you I watch it? it. Uh, a lot of people absolutely love it. It's so slow moving. I, I don't know. Like we watch it and we will continue. And it's kind of interesting because you'll see a character and you go, hey, I remember him from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And we're finally getting to the point in, in uh, Better Call Saul where it's getting closer and closer to the Breaking Bad time period. Oh, interesting. You know, and then, he has, and then you wonder, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep going? How are they going to 
dovetail that and are they going to move past it or are they going to end it or I wonder what yeah. the what the plans are. So the are. thing about Breaking Bad that I found is when I watched the series finale, mm-hmm. I didn't remember some of the references that they made because this is one of those shows that it could have been 18 months to two years in between shows. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so easy to forget. So what I ended up doing is once it was over, I watched the whole thing again. But I yeah. tried to binge as much as possible. I and, do the, that. and the good thing, though, is certain scenes in this in each of the seasons, I could go, oh, that's what he was talking about in the finale. Mm-hmm. That's what he was referencing. Yeah, Breaking Bad is, um, I, I did not put Westworld on my list. Um, I thought about it, but it, ha- it was one of those things where it didn't make the cut because it hadn't been out too long. Like, there's only been two seasons. But Westworld was one of the ones, like Breaking Bad, where it was it was second binge-worthy. Like, to watch it a second time around to see what you might have missed. Because there's just so, it's just produced so well. There's just so many great, great stories and so many great details that it is worth it to watch it a second time. So I'm wanting to watch Breaking Bad, but I don't want to do it all by myself again. I really, really want my husband to watch it with me. So I'm, I've am i been trying to convince him, so I'm not there yet. But that is one that I do plan on watching a second time. And I don't take that very lately. I, it takes a lot for me to want to watch something a second time around. But I would watch that a second time around. Yeah, it's definitely um, worth it. I think so. And then coming in at number nine, now this is one that I did binge and it was on for a long time. And it's something that I would not watch a second time because it really threw me for a loop mentally. And that is Dexter. I really, really enjoyed Dexter. And Mike, I think you would like it too because it's one of those those things where you're like kind of morally convicted. He's a, (laughs) he's a, I mean, everybody knows the story. He's a serial killer who kills serial killers. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So... It's very conflicting. You're like you, you kind of want to cheer him on, and you're like, "Whoa, no, wait! What am I doing? What am I saying?" So it makes you it makes you think of a lot. Um, it did tend to drag on a little bit towards the I would say the last couple of seasons was like, "Oh, we just need to get this over with already." But I've already invested so much time. I've got to see how it ends. So I had to kind of like again with Walking Dead was uh, did not make it in my top ten, but that was another one of those things where I, I loved it, loved it, loved it, and then it started to kind of, I guess, jump the shark a little bit. Oh, but yeah. I still keep <laughs> watching it because i got to see what happens because I've already yeah. invested it, and I'm just such a damn loyal Capricorn, I can't help myself. But Dexter was one of those ones uh, that really just kind of messed with my head, and it was one of those things where you would binge it, and you, and you just feel like you needed to take a shower, but then you didn't want to take a shower because you weren't sure if somebody was going to come in and slice you open <laughs> into the little pieces or something. And yeah, so um, yeah, Dexter Dexter comes in at number nine. That's definitely one that I that I watched for a long, long time and stuck it through. And I, I did really like it. I think it was I think it was very well done. It was very well produced. It was very well crafted. It seemed like for a while there in the beginning, they kind of thought of everything because you'd sit there going, but what about the. Oh, okay. Well, what about this? Oh, okay. It just seemed like they always covered, he always was able to cover his tracks. And then as you watched it and went down that path, you kept thinking, well, now how's he going to get out of that one? What's he going to say now? And they would always think of something. So it was very, very creative along the the same lines of Breaking Bad. It was like they'd kind of, did they just paint themselves into a corner? Nope, they got out of it. So you're thinking about the writers, like, what are are they going to do? How are they going to get him out of this mess? So. Yeah, definitely uh, Dexter comes in at number nine. And then my last one, number 10, I really deliberated about this because, like I said, there were so many others. But again, when I was comparing as to what was going to make the last spot and I was comparing it to other ones, 
I had to think about the longevity. That was my criteria for what was going to make it on on the top 10 was longevity. And there's other shows that I really wanted to put on there because of their longevity, but they just didn't have enough. And, and so the one that beat them out was Game of Thrones. So Game of Thrones is my number 10. I have that on my... Yeah. It didn't make my list. Okay. So it made my list because it did have the longevity. It made my list because it had that... Um, it's binge-worthy. You know, I had to keep watching it. I loved the stories. Uh, I thought it was really well-produced. I thought it was really creative. They, I loved having all these other different storylines to follow. It is a little bit difficult uh, to follow all the storylines. Sometimes it's like, wait a minute, which families? I, uh, what's going on here? Uh, yeah. It's a little confusing at times. It's hard to navigate, but it's still intriguing enough that it keeps my interest peaked. And, and they created characters that, oh my God, I've never hated anybody so much as Joffrey. It's like, I hated oh Joffrey. Oh my God, Joffrey. Oh <laughs> Yeah, like it's, ugh, he's just like somebody, yes, I don't, he was, I, don't, he was I told you, like, I don't use, I don't like to use the word hate. I don't like to hate anything. I just don't like it. But, oh, I really loved to hate that character. I really, Joffrey really did. Joffrey and Cersei. Yeah, and, and Cersei. And now Cersei uh, is the worst of them all. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it made you feel stuff. It gave you the feels like it, it brought up anger and it, oh, there was just so many different feelings of, uh, just all the different feelings and then, and then grossness. And then it wasn't so much as the visuals, like the visuals are wonderful. They're very artistic, very well crafted, but the sounds, the things you hear in Game of Thrones take the place of the things you don't see, and it makes it that much more god-awful. <laughs> There's been some but scenes. But you need to binge it. Yes. It's just one of those shows yes. where it is so easy to forget. Just yes. week to week what yeah. happens. That's it's true. definitely the That's kind of show that you've to got follow. to binge. Yep. It is definitely something you have to watch kind of continuously. Like, I, And then the other thing that does annoy me about it is the fact that there's so much time that passes between new seasons that yeah. then you end up having to watch the last couple of episodes again. So it's got that sticky mm-hmm. factor. And I think they, I wonder if they do that on purpose. I don't know. It, it bugs me that there's so much time that lapses in between. And then you start to forget. It starts to fade away, you know, out of time because then you watch other things that kind of take its place. But well, so Game of Thrones is my, rounds out my number. I know, I know, I know. That's, that's another reason why I kind of put it on the list too, because it's ending. And so it, it had a good run is what I will say. Okay, so let me close these tabs here that I have open because I've opened them all up in Intimate Movie Database. Uh, Breaking Bad, we said, was on the list. And let's see, MASH uh-huh. was on my list and Seinfeld. Okay. All right, three for so three. My first two are, they're either tied for first place or they go one and two interchangeably depending on my mood. And But like my all-time favorite show is the West Wing. Okay. Absolutely love that. I'm on my third time watching it. I'm following along now with the West Wing podcast. And the West Wing is one of those shows, regardless of your political affiliation and you know what you believe, is these are people that really do want what's best. Hmm. And you can feel it, even if you disagree with them, even if they say they want to pass a particular bill and you're going, "Mm -mm, I don't want that. You still know they're doing it from the heart and they're trying to do what's best for the country. Well, that sounds like the opposite of House of Cards then. (laughs) Exactly. 
House of Cards was absolutely horrendous this last season. But the West Wing, the very last season, it went for seven seasons. Jed Bartlett was the president. When he when it started, he was in already in his first year of office. He became president again the second time. So the season seven was mostly about the new campaign. And you had Jimmy Smith's running. He was the Democrat running. And then you had Alan Alda as the Republican. Oh, interesting. And what I didn't was know really, Alan Alda was in it. Yeah, yeah, he was in well, it for the I last might have season. To watch it. And what was really great about that is that they both agreed they didn't want anything. They didn't want to do dirty politics. They didn't want to do smear campaigns. They just wanted to each present why they were the best person for the job without smearing the other person. It's like, wow, how refreshing. This is great. This is what I want. I think I've got to watch this now. (laughs) Because I know like even just nowadays when like my husband, I'll be watching eating dinner, watch, got the news on and it will say, you know, Joe Smith, he's a terrible person. He did this, 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 and this, and don't vote for him. Okay, then who should I vote for? They don't, you know, and, you know, instead of knocking the other guy down, tell me why I should vote for you. What can you do that's going to make me want to vote for you? And that's what they do on this, which I really like. And the other thing is, at the end of the season, you find out who wins. But I truly believed that if I wanted candidate A, but candidate B won, I would have been totally cool with that, too. Because they were both wanted what's best. You know, obviously, you're not going to agree with everything, but they both wanted what's best. So it was really, really cool. And one of the things that they did is they had an actual debate, just like you would in real life. They had a one hour show that was a debate and it was broadcast live in each time zone. Really? Wow. They had to do it live. So no, they did it live. Wow. That's interesting. No, I think they I think they had lines. Uh-huh. But they did it live. So it was like theater. It was like live yeah. theater almost. Yeah. So oh, I think it was cool. on, oh, I forget what night of the week it was on. Because I watched I watched it um, on DVD. I didn't watch it when it was on. Um, and then, you know, then through, through streaming. But when it was originally on, they did it live. That's and, interesting. So I like And there that was a little bit of improv. Do, yeah. The do things that other shows haven't done. Yeah. Like Breaking Bad was kind of one of the first shows that did the type of storytelling that it does. There's no other show that had done that at the time. Now more shows are starting to copy that a little bit. I see it in other places, but yeah, I can't, I, I don't know. I can't think of another show. Can you think of another show that's done what was, what um, the West wing has done where they've had a live, like semi improv type of a thing. I can't think of another show. There has been, but um, I can't tell you offhand who it was, hmm. what show it was. Um, but yeah, but it I, sounds like it's a pretty good shtick. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love the show. I mean, you know, there's a couple of episodes where I go, eh, yeah, okay, whatever. But it's such, I love it. I just. How long has that been on for it? And is it continuing? Is it Oh, no. Still... Breaking Bad's over. Uh, Breaking Bad. The West Wing is over. West Wing. It, okay. It was on from uh, 2001 to 2006. Okay. So it had like a five, six year run, sounds like. Oh, no, it was before 2000. Let me see. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong here. Nineteen ninety nine to two thousand six, seven seasons. Okay. So that's a good that's a pretty good run. Yeah. And at the end of season one, you just I mean, I sometimes go back and just watch the last couple minutes of the end of season one and the first couple minutes of season two. Mm-hmm. Because that's how powerful it was. Mm-hmm. So sounds good. I'm gonna have to put that on a list of stuff. The West Wing said third time through, I'm on season six. And that's your number one? That's tied with number one, and it's tied with I Love Lucy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, love That was a good I, one. I, 
I still I remember laugh. watching that's that at my grandparents. 19, let's see, it started in 1951 through 1957. Yep, 1951, 1956, six seasons. And there was a lot of, I mean, she was a producer. Yeah. Uh, if I remember true. correctly, um, Desi Arnaz was the first person to use more than one camera. Hmm. And a lot of the stuff, I mean, it's so obvious, like when they got up in disguise. Gee, I have no idea that's Lucy and Ethel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, you know, and then you always wonder, they have this little teeny tiny apartment, but they have all these different costumes and disguises. So mm-hmm. in that respect, it's like, wow, this is really dumb. But I still laugh. And I still, you know, it's... It did it's, a lot of groundbreaking things, it's, it's, it sounds yeah. like. They set the well, stage. They you know, did. Unattended. Yeah. And I, I have great respect for Lucille Ball because Desilu Productions was behind uh, uh, Star Trek. They helped produce that along with other TV shows. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, Desilu Productions, I forget, uh, there was, oh, was it Dick Van Dyke? I know they were behind a number of TV shows. But the problem, yeah. problem is I always felt I Love Lucy is kind of cringeworthy because I guess I just don't like that kind of – Humor. I like the more of the the jokes. Uh, I, I'm not into the, the physical humor. Physical comedy. Yeah. yeah, or the the. I always felt slapstick. Kind of, yeah, I always felt kind of. See, I don't. Sorry I don't look it. at it as slapstick. I right. don't look at it as slapstick. To me, slapstick is the Three Stooges, right. which, and I can't stand that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about it. Always, I I would watch it and I would kind of cringe. And like I said, that just probably says more about me than anything. But like I said. Oh. Yeah. You're entitled to your opinion. Right, so right. Did you like Did you like Three's Company and Jack Tripper? Because that that's one I should have put on the list. I love Three's Company and I love Jack. Uh, yeah, John Ritter of. was good. John Ritter. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Jack Tripper, but John Ritter, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe he kind of got his, his. You know, he learned some things from Lucille Ball, and maybe yeah. she was an and influence. And the clothes on. she wore were just beautiful. Mm-hmm. She wore some beautiful clothes. So, I've always loved that. It was. Then I, uh, I have for a current show. I this is us. Yeah, I was just saying to my husband. I said, you know, uh-huh. I always hear people talk about this is us, and I just I have to get in the mindset. Oh. And I, all I hear people talk about is how much they cry and how oh. emotional it is, and I just I don't oh know if God. I can do that. When I saw the commercials when it first came on the air, it, they were you know getting it, introducing it. I thought it was about three people who were at a party. And we're all celebrating their birthday. They they didn't know each other, but it just happened to be their birthdays. That that's that's the impression that I got. And I was totally unimpressed with the previews. I'm like, I'm not watching this. Then I saw all these people on Facebook going, Oh my God, the show, mm-hmm. the show, the show. So around mm-hmm. episode five or so, I started um, playing it on demand. And the first episode of season one, you kind of don't really know what's going on until the very last scene. And then it brings the entire episode together and you go, oh, now I get it. Is that what hooks you? And then you are in. You are Mm -hmm. done. (laughs) And then you watch it forevermore. It's like you can't wait for the next episode to come on. And it's just a cry fest. Mm -hmm. But it's crying. How do I put it? It's like therapeutic. It's just so it's real. And it's. You feel for these people, and it's almost like you're feeling, like if they're in pain, you're feeling their pain. Mm. And it's just, I mean, sometimes you just sit there and sob. Sometimes it's just a little tear, and sometimes you're just <laughs> sobbing for them. You're going, no, no. You know, it's just, it's such a good show. It is so well written, and it goes back and forth. It goes into three different time periods. You've got when the kids were little, 
when the kids were teenagers and then the current time as adults. And it's very easy to keep track of where you are. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how something that happens in when they're kids pulls together what happens when they're adults, how it like all comes together. Because sometimes you're thinking, well, what does that have to do with what's going on now? It does. Mm-hmm. It I all really, really comes appreciate together. you being very careful to not spoil it. Because I'm thinking of questions I want to ask. And I think, no, don't ask, don't ask. Because I, I, I do... My interest has peaked. It's something I do want to watch. But again, it's like something I have to devote crying time to. And I just don't know. <laughs> Not there yet. Maybe maybe when the kids are older. I don't know. Maybe I'll need some drama in my life. Oh, such a good show. <laughs> um, then I have Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I remember that. So mm-hmm. funny. I mean, there are certain clips there that even now I just laugh. Hmm. And oh, yeah. the thing about these shows, a lot of these shows... There's no, there's no sex. There's no yeah. foul language. There's no, it's just funny. It's like purely funny. You know, you can watch it with anybody, any age. You don't have to worry about someone saying something inappropriate or doing something inappropriate. It's like, and let me tell everyone, you, that is a huge challenge today. Yeah. It is so hard for us to find shows to watch as a, as a family that everybody can watch. It's really, really hard. Yeah, and Mary Tyler Moore, it was it was assumed that being a single woman and dating a lot, it was just assumed mm-hmm. that she had a private life, mm-hmm. but you didn't know for sure because mm-hmm. you never saw like the man leaving the next morning, so you didn't you didn't know, but you kind of assumed, but you really weren't sure, and it was never talked about. Mm. Well, but yeah, she yeah. dated a lot. Yeah, and the, the thing I liked about the Mary Tyler Moore show was the fact that it was set in Minneapolis, and uh, at that time my sister was living in Minneapolis, so there's kind of that connection there. And so we would go there, and so you the towers in the background are the IDS towers, and so a little bit of that was familiar to us. Uh, it, you know, I'm sure it was shot in California, but you know they do their. Uh, um, you know, background shots and stuff. They would have mm-hmm. some Minneapolis. Yeah, the stuff exteriors. Yeah, Ex- yeah, the exteriors. And that was before a green screen, so yep. yeah, they had to be creative about it. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, that was a little personal connection there, and uh, you know, I, and yeah, it was a nice show. I you know, I remember watching it. Um, yeah, and it was a good, wholesome show to watch. Yeah, you had Ted Baxter, who was just the dumb newscaster. <laughs> but then you had um, Betty White as Sue Ann Nivens, who just oh, try. She just kept trying to get everybody, she, especially especially Lou Grant, especially Lou Grant. It was just just so funny to watch these people. Then another one of my favorite shows for a certain amount of time, not the entire series, was Happy Days. Oh, I okay. loved Happy Days until it literally jumped the shark, yep. Yep. which is yep. where which is where that phrase came from. from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's because it took place in the 50s and early 60s, and I just love that time period. I think I would have fit in so well. I love the music. I love the clothes. It was just, I don't know, they just had, you know, Mr. C was great and having a, you know, I just loved that show. Joni and Chachi. Yeah. I loved, oh, I just love watching. I did like when they did the crossover with Laverne and Shirley. There was a crossover, wasn't there? Didn't they combine those two shows a couple of times? I they think were so. Directed by the yep. same, people. and they had Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Oh, I love Mork and Mindy. Yep, they were on there too. Okay, and then to get more serious, I have. Um, I don't know. If you, I don't know if you've seen the show, Mike. Um, the Shield. 
I've heard of it. I've listened to uh, um, oh Tom Merritt does uh, uh, cord cutters. Uh, they do a uh, show. They pick a uh, I forget what they call it, but a show, and they go through all the series. And I think I listened to them go through and talk about the Shield. So I know mm-hmm. of it, but I've never yeah. watched it. Well, it's on from 2002 to 2008, and I think this was one of the shows where we didn't start watching it right away. So we rented the we rented DVDs to get caught up, and then started watching it live. It was on FX, mm-hmm. that that channel, and it's he's it's Michael Chiklis is basically a dirty cop, and it's it was just a lot of a lot of story, a lot of. Um, it says he's an inner city. Uh, it's a story of an inner city Los Angeles police precinct where some of the cops aren't above breaking the rules or working against their associates to keep them to keep both. Ugh, okay, so I'll say this again: working against their associates to both keep the streets safe and their self interest intact. That was uh, one of the descriptions of it. But it's really, it's just some of the things that they do. You, it's one of those characters that you love to hate mm-hmm. because he had no redeeming values. But it was such a good show. It was really, really, you know, edge of your seat, really good. It sounds like we each have at least one cop show or procedural show. I like that term, mm-hmm. procedural show on our list. That's cool. And then Mike, Mike might like this one. Well, you might both might like this one. Boston Legal. I've heard of that too, but I haven't. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen with that. Um, uh, Shatner, James right? Spade. Yep, James Spader and William Shatner. And William Shatner in this show is a riot. <laughs> he is so funny. And he, people think that in his character has the onset of dementia or Alzheimer's. Oh, no. And he doesn't seem to take things seriously, but he always seems to come through at the end. And they have the, the friendship between Alan Shore, which is the James Spader character, and then Denny Crane, which is the William Shatner character. They have a very, very close bond. And it's just, you know, it's 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 a it's a law show, but it's also a lot about their personal lives. It's just a really, really good show. Kind of reminds me of Cheers. None of us had Cheers on our list. Well, no, I'm not done yet. Fun. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that actually I think that was my last one, but I had like a runner up list and okay. one of them on the on the runner up list was Cheers. Okay. Um actually my youngest son is not named after Sam Malone, but he's named because of Sam Malone. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it, I was pregnant. I was pregnant. Is there anything you want to share there? Or, you know? I'm going to. Okay. When I was when I was pregnant with with my son Sam, uh, at that time you didn't have the news that came on at you know four o'clock and runs through you know seven o'clock at night. You just had the six o'clock news. So when we ate dinner, we would watch whatever uh, sitcom was on on in syndication, and it was always Cheers. And then one day I'm watching it and I just said, Sam, that would be a great name. Sam, if it's a boy, Samantha, if it's a girl. There you go. And forevermore, the, the, the baby was known as Sam. So that's, pretty, that's where that came from. Uh, also had Frasier. Yep. Which came, because that was, that was another really good one. Uh, NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember that one back in the day. Yep. That was a little risque, but that uh, was really Cagney and Lacey, or <gasps> oh, that's good too, Cagney and Lacey. Uh-huh. Um, I had Taxi. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was funny. Mm-hmm. I did watch that. 
That was so good. Um, the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you ignore his. I said, just you know, yeah. you know, right. forget it's being politically correct. Yeah. Just, just, just yeah. look at the show itself. I yes. thought that show was so funny. Uh, Saint Elsewhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like where Howie Mandel came from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Denzel Washington. Oh really? Yeah, okay. Denzel was in it. Mark Harmon. Oh, Mark Harmon. <laughs> oh, all in the family. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I grew up with that. <laughs> hey, Edith. Uh, yeah. You want to be politically yeah. incorrect? Yeah. Watch All in the Family. Oh yeah. No. But the thing funny, about I I think about All in the Family. One. The thing about that show, though, is that as much of a jerk as Archie Bunker was, he really loved Edith. Yeah. Right. Even though he treated her like dirt, and then there was the episode where Mike and Gloria moved away. They were they were um, living next door, and then I think they moved to Chicago because Mike got a teaching job. And that was when Archie actually said to Mike that he loved him. And that was like, oh. Well, yeah, that show and MASH, they were both, you know, they were comedies, but they could get into serious uh, territory, too, because I remember watching one show. Yeah, uh, one show where there was a, uh, this was in the height, I think, of the IRA, the Irish Republic. Irish Republican Army, uh, I think that was the tie-in. But anyway, one of them was yeah. a terrorist, and the car blew up mm-hmm. outside of Archie's house or something like yeah. that, and he was killed in there. I don't remember specifically, but I do remember that part of it. And so they would have their yuck-yuck times, but then they would also, uh, you know, stray. Uh, I think Edith got raped once. Okay, Edith got raped. Uh-huh. Um Edith went through menopause. Yeah. Edith Edith had a uh, a close friend who was a cross dresser or a drag queen, uh, something like that. And then Archie didn't like it because of that. But then eventually, later on in the season, she was murdered. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, even, and even really yeah, and even Archie took that hard. Yeah. And Sammy Davis Jr. was on there. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So I, have so a, I have a funny story. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to share this, but I have to because it's all in the family. <laughs> so, yeah, I watched that when I was little, just like MASH, and it was very popular. And I remember that my parents got my sister the baby Joey doll. Do you remember no, that at all? No, so, no, not at all. You remember when they had a baby, they yeah. had a baby named Joey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what made this a, a thing, but they, I guess my sister wanted a baby doll. And so they got him, they got her a little boy baby doll because I guess they were trying to be I guess they were trying to do something different. I don't know, because most baby dolls are, are girl dolls. And they got her this little baby boy Joey doll. And I remember it came in the packaging and had all the characters on it. And it was the doll Joey. And uh, that doll is, I will tell you, anatomically correct. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. It, that doll has a penis on it. <laughs> it's part of the mold. It's Because it, it, it would wet its diaper. That was part of the shtick. You could feed it and it would pee. And so my sister had a good time. I should have just not told you it was my sister, but (laughs) it was my little sister. (laughs) She would change its diaper because it would pee. And uh, I won't tell you what else she did with the doll. You can use your imagination. But, yes, it had had boy parts. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. Okay, She was very, very little at the time. (laughs) The next runner-up, I've got Mm. Murphy Brown. Oh, I was gonna. I wondered if you were gonna have that on your list since you had uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, it was so fun. The the one I remember, my mother said she like she almost like she almost peed her own pants watching this when Murphy <laughs> Brown was giving birth, oh. and she had 
you know, everybody from the newsroom was in the hospital as when she was in labor. And the funny thing about her having labors, she really had labor. I mean, she, oh. I've seen, I'm, no, let me rephrase that. I've seen TV shows where a character goes into labor and goes, Ooh, ow, oh, it hurt. Mm-hmm. And you're like, smack the crap out of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> she was, you know, screaming and going, get it out of me. And she has one really bad contraction and Miles like jumps underneath her to catch the baby, thinking the baby's going to like go flying out of her. <laughs> My mother, I thought that was it. She was like, she couldn't catch her breath. She was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, those are the best. <laughs> So those that those shows are really good. And then did anyone say Sopranos? Nope. No, I you know, uh here's here's mine. Like you never you never watched Star Trek. I never watched the Sopranos. There yeah. Well see, I was looking before I did this, I went and I looked at like top one hundred lists and things because I just can't remember everything yeah. I've watched. And yeah. they all had Sopranos, Game of Thrones, and like, yeah, I like the Sopranos, but I think I would have to watch it a second time to really decide if it's one of my top ten. Because it was another one of those shows where you really have to binge to not miss something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had Game of Thrones on there. Uh, the Wire was also really popular. And The Wire was one of those shows where when we first started watching it, I think we made it through episode two and said, can't do this anymore. It's awful. Then about, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, I said, let me try it again. And it took some doing. But I made it through all five seasons, and I felt like season one was the best, and it kind of went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really – I mean, it was it was fine, but it wasn't, oh, my God, you must watch it. I mean, if you like The Wire, you got to watch Oz. Okay. Was Oz on HBO a long time ago? Yeah. Was that, yeah. like, about jail? Yeah. It, it's okay. super violent. I'm going to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Me off back it's then. super yeah. violent. And I yep. can't remember – I think Oz came before – for the wire because there's a couple of care there's a couple of actors that are on both shows but if you want to know what prison life is p- probably like oz is it that was yeah. that was a that was a tough show so orange then, is the new black was on my honorable mentions list uh, did any of you watch that oh yeah um i watched yeah. a little bit of it i eh. watched a, f- a few episodes um it needs it's one of those shows that needs to be done right yeah uh, yeah. I liked it. I, I thought it was well done. I thought the storytelling was was really really good. Um, lots of different characters, and but it really it's one of those shows I liked because it really made you think. And the only reason I didn't put it on my top ten list was because I I want to see how it plays out, and I don't think it's I don't think it's really done yet. Um, I want to see some more some more seasons. Oh yeah, there's there's more. Right. There's also six feet under. Hmm, I think I saw that. I can't remember. Refresh yeah, my memory. What, what was that one about? It's about a family that runs a funeral home. Yeah, yeah. And this was when, um, what is his name? Michael. Um, oh. oh, I can't remember his the name guy now. From Dexter? from Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I know who you mean. He's in it. He's the uh-huh. he's the um, the mortician. Mm-hmm. He's the one that prepares the bodies. It's interesting. And, he, went from Dex- he went from that to Dexter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I it's would, one of those. Sh- it's one of those shows where the final scene of that show is one of the best. I know my sister-in-law was watching it before I did, and she goes, "Wait until you get to the last show of the last season." And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and like, and then finally it happened. And I'm like, wow, it was one of the best endings of any show. Interesting, and and a lot of people who've seen it will tell you that it's like, wow, this was really really good. 
the way they ended it, the way they just wrapped it all up was really, really good. And then the last thing I have as far as honorable mention would be, I don't know if you probably didn't watch this one. This one was called Queer as Folk. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah I just I thought remember it. it. I watched a couple episodes of it. Yeah, I just thought it was, it's it's about five gay men, but it really, I don't look, I didn't look at it as five gay men. I looked at it as five people and their relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it seemed like it was going to have a good story to it. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I had a couple, you know, honorable mentions. This one I should have actually moved up in my top ten list because I do like it. Uh, Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Um, it's start- I like Law and Order SVU. Yep. I've uh, never seen a Law and Order. Oh, Dink Dink. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I've never, no, I've never seen one. Okay. okay. I, well, because it started. They, they out- get a little cheesy though. Is the well, problem? Yeah. Some of the stuff's a little far fetched. Well, it started out with Vincent uh, D. Yeah, there we go. I, I would murder his name. It started out with him, and then it went to Jeff Goldblum. I think I'm related a, to the one, so <laughs> I know the uh, name. Yeah, and uh, it, I think there was a couple others along there. But I just liked the way that was about, for me, it was those two characters especially because they were they were quirky. They were weird. They would do all kinds of you know, things to kind of, um, you know, get the person to, uh, you know, trip themselves up or something like that. There's just something about the way that, I don't know, I, at times I kind of call it psychological torture. Uh, the yeah, way it, yeah. Are you sure you didn't do that? Are you, oh, yeah. are you really sure you didn't wear this thing? <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. I just kind of like the way, you know, that kind of that kind of character like uh-huh. that. And then another show that, you know, when we were talking, it came to mind, the Carol Burnett show. That Oh, my God, oh, yes. yes. Her mama's family. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I've been, I've been going on YouTube and watching clips of Carol oh. Burnett. Then have you guys seen the cool kids yet? The what? The cool kids? The cool kids? What's oh, that? Oh gosh, you have to go look it up. I think she's in it uh, along with. Oh gosh, I got to look it up now because you're gonna. It's a hoot. It's hilarious. They're all these uh, Martin, not Martin Short. Martin. I got to go look it up to so I don't Martin Mall. Yes, Martin Mall. Um. Yeah, look it up on, on IMDb and see if we can tell who's in the cast. Let's see. I'll get to the IMDb. What is it called? The Cool Kids? Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, I the see. Cool Kids. And they're they're in a they're in an assisting living facility. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. That's on Fox? Yeah, I think it's on Fox. Okay. I see Vicky Lawrence, they, uh David Allen Gear. Uh, Martin Mole. Let's see who else. And Leslie mm-hmm. Jordan. Yeah, Jamie Farr. Leslie Jordan is hilarious, and oh. Dave. Yeah, David Allegrier. But they're they're all like old people in this uh, in this nursing home. <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the kind of clientele that I that I service. But I just think it's hilarious when you see these people and you think about the shows that they've been in in the past, and and then you look at them in their role now, and it's just really funny. I guess it's I guess it's a little golden girlish maybe. Yeah. I like to golden girl, so Yeah, that that show I kinda like too. Um you know, they were But if you sad. like if you like uh Carol Burnett and you, if you liked Mama's family and if if you liked Golden Girls then you would like this. Mm, I might have yeah, to Carol Burnett is, Carol Burnett is so funny. Tim Conway, oh my god. Just what? watching Tim Conway and then Carvey Corman just oh. losing it. 
I know. Oh my gosh, when you watch their blooper reels, oh, I, I would just, I couldn't breathe watching well, them. Uh, my, laughing. my favorite is when uh, on Mama's Family when Tim Conway tells mm-hmm. the elephant story, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think watch the blooper version because I think he puts. Uh, 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 some swear words in there or something. Or, oh no, he he doesn't. It's uh, Vicky Lawrence. She goes. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is a is a little asshole done talking? And that's when everybody loses it. Dick Van Dyke falls off yeah. the couch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Or the other, my other favorite scene is the dentist scene where Harvey yes. Corman, he doesn't, at some point, he just doesn't even give a crap anymore. He's just, you know, he's, he's just rolling with it. And, you know, um, you know, he's, and then each part of heart of, uh, Tim Conway's body is going numb. And, numb. And That's he, what I was watching on YouTube recently. Those two. Yep. And then Carol Burnett gets him back. She plays an old lady sitting on a park bench and then he sits down next to her, but not in not intentionally to sit with her his caregiver puts him there and then he's she starts talking about these two elephants that their 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 trunks get stuck together and you see him laughing <laughs> because he didn't know it was coming <laughs> oh that i'll have to go out and uh look for because payback can be hell yeah okay well i you know we've we, uh i'm sure we could go on forever because there's all these shows because as we were talking and you better stop us yeah because <laughs> as we're talking i'm going oh yeah that show and that show yeah my problem was that just you know like i said i didn't look at any top 10 lists i'm just kind of trying to jog my memory on shows that you know i've watched over the years i'm sure there's some out there that i know i love but it's just not popping up right now because you know we're kind of living in an inf- information overload right yeah. now because there's so much you can watch yeah um you know, because I was there was some show that um, uh, oh that bad ink is on um, Amazon, but you know there's all these shows that I should go back and watch or rewatch or something. But um, so I think we'll bring this part of the show uh, to a conclusion, and we'll go to our picks because I think we're we're about an hour and a half. So at some point we'll start oh boy. winding this. So pretty Hopefully close somebody has a really nice long commute for this. <laughs> yeah. Or something. They'll listen to us in parts like I do. So let's move on to our picks. And like I said, I think, um, looks like all of our picks are either kind of related to the time of the year, the weather, uh, I don't know, stress or something. So let's start with Melissa. It looks like she really wants to let off some stress. <laughs> So I I know that I've picked something like this in the past, and I know that because I went and I did a search, and I I wanted to make sure I wasn't picking the same thing. So this time I went, you know, go go big or go home, and I picked a massage chair. This time, this sucker is $3,795 because our play money was, what, two grand to four grand. So it it fits right nicely in there. So it meets meets the criteria. Uh, This is a – it says it's called a massage chair. Don't you got to you got to love these these long ass titles. Massage chair L track by Motion Products. It's a free lumbar cushion oh, because it comes with that, but it's part of the title. Arm massage massaged zero gravity 51 airbag massage MP3 and iPod connection with built-in speakers. Sh- shoulder massage, hip massage, auto leg scan. Yeah. I'm, I'm already now. I'm already asleep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it looks like it belongs on the frickin' space shuttle. It does. It yeah. does. It's it's huge and it's monstrosity. It's like it looks like the kind. It looks better than the kind because I, I recently over the holidays was gifted a, a pedicure, so I got to sit in one of those ones. But this looks way better than that. Yeah, this looks like something that belongs in. On and the, it's got on a the, weird inner... number one on the side of it. 
it has a weird number one on the side. Look, look at the thing on the left. Looks like we're number one. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it yeah. does. It looks like one of those. It kind of it does. It looks like one of those finger, those yeah. big fingers that you buy for the for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, that's why I said none, which none shuttle. of us are watching today, evidently. <laughs> evidently not. No, no. You know, that's, that's why I said space shuttle because it looked like it was you know a joystick for bringing it in for a landing or something. But well, uh, and from what it looks like, it it's like a remote control because it looks like, sure. like it's on a cord and that's just a holder, which is actually nice because they have been kind of looking at these, daydreaming about them. You know, they always have. My my husband keeps telling me you got to go to Sam's Club because the massage chairs are there and you should go get a free massage because <laughs> <laughs> you know they're they're going to talk you into buying this like five thousand dollar thing you know but uh i i think these are really really cool and someday i would like to consider getting one but yeah it's going to take a lot of research so i figure every time we have these opportunities to to go big or go home i'll, I'll look at these these big expensive massage chairs well, but yeah the, the nice thing about that is it's got like a little like a joystick it's got a little remote control and and having experienced it firsthand and being a, in a different type of model that has the the thing that sticks up, it's really hard and awkward when you're sitting there and you're trying to get comfortable and you have to kind of twist and contort, reach over and punch at the little things, and you got to experiment with it until you figure out what you like. And so I think that that's a really nice feature that it has a remote that you can yeah, actually hold I don't, on to. I don't think I would even want to try one because then I would probably buy it because when I come home from work and my feet hurt <laughs> and my muscles ache and everything, yeah, I might end up buying You'd one. You'd never so. leave the house. No. Okay. Well, now, like I say, I think um, Elisa kind of has spring on her mind because um, looking well, at hers, it looks, it looks good. Actually, I had something different because I just I just couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. So I put in a souped-up MacBook Pro. And then I saw what yours was, and I'm like, uh, oh, it, it kind of triggered in me something what I actually picked because I've always wanted one of these. And this is from Home Depot, and it's called a Monterey 10-foot by 14-foot oval gazebo. For this strange price of $2,423.19. Hey, we could put my massage chair in there. Yeah. We could. We could. Because I would probably try to get electricity in there, too. But oh, yeah. this is something that you have to build yourself. They give you all the pieces, and you have to build it. And there's no floor. So there's a lot more to it. So I would be spending the rest of my balance, you know, the balance of up to $4,000 hiring someone to put this together <laughs> for me. Right. Because this is oh, not something oh I would deal with. Oh, gazebo yeah. boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is really nice. Like the example, it's got a picture of a, like a little dining set out there. But I think I would put, I don't know if I would do that or if I would just put some lounge chairs just to be able to lay there when you want to enjoy the, the warm air, but not the sun beating down on you. Okay. And I've always liked the kind of gazebos that are a little bit bigger, but they're screened in. So if it's raining, you can still be out there. This is open, so you really couldn't be, you know, you really couldn't be out here if it was raining, unless unless it was a lighter rain. So I've always wanted a gazebo where it's screened in and you can sit out there when it's warm outside, but it's raining and you don't have to worry about the bugs. And I know at least by me, we have a deck, but we can't sit outside at night because the bugs are so bad. Yeah, they'll eat me alive. Yeah. Yeah. And see that we put a... um a canopy up in our backyard and it's got canvas and it's got screens on it uh not so good in the rain because the uh rain kind of comes through the canvas roof but um it does have the screened in uh 
you can zip the screens up on there. And that's nice because you uh, can't keep the blasted mosquitoes out there because we get horrible mosquitoes around here sometimes. So the screened-in uh, part is nice to have. Yeah. So that's what I would get. Okay. You and, can have screens. Uh, and then for me, again, like I say, we just the weather we've been going through, I would like to put a nice sunroom. I don't think we have any room on the side of our house but it's still it's play money it's what i'd like to do. put a nice sunroom over there on the south side of the house where we could keep it warm and the sun would come in i could fake believe that the weather doesn't suck outside and <laughs> Because uh, there's been a few times at school, one of the south entryways gets rather warm, and even when it's like below zero, you go out there and it's warm and the sun's shining in, and I almost want to just sit down there and relax and, and kind of curl up and you know whatever. But then I'm sure people would be talking and the superintendent would be saying, "Mike, don't you have to get to work or something?" But uh, there's just something about, and you know, I, I think for me this time of year, the lack of sunshine really kind of takes a, a hit on me because when the sun's out and uh, you know, and it looks like it's good outside, I, I'm in a better mood. But like this last week with the snow and cold and lack of daylight and everything, it's just like, is this damn weather over yet? So I get kind I of. I was in, looking at the inside of there and there's kind of like a bar structure it's you know kind of a it's all built together with tubing you could install some tracking and put some some uvb or some kind of you know light bulbs in there where you could yep. simulate the sun oh yeah you could still sit out there and get your fake sunshine you know sure. fake believe so sure and the but the be prob- mike's mike's land of fake believe there we go <laughs> and the problem is you know to be a, a true sunroom you need it on the south side of the house well you know, that would be facing towards the road, and then we kind of have a neighbor across the road who's kind of our Gladys Kravitz. Um, you people uh, can go look up that reference. Uh, yeah, so I don't I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, we call her our <laughs> neighborhood watch. But anyway, um, yeah, so she'd probably be peeking through her windows to see what we're doing. But still, like I say, it's it's this stuff that we would like to have. It's fake money we want to spend. And, and right now, yeah, something – because I even like we got a couple restaurants in town where there's a sunroom, and we like to sit out there um, because, yeah, you get the sun, and, you know, it feels like you're out in, outdoors without having to deal with the outdoors. But, um, yeah, but, you know. This weather, like a kidney stone, shall pass. So, you know, <laughs> eventually we will get past this stuff. But uh, so I think we've kind of uh, gone on probably about the right amount of time. So why don't we start doing our uh, outroductions and let people know where they can find us if they want to, you know, uh, find out more about us. So, uh, Elisa, why don't we start with you? Where can people find out more about you? Okay, you can go on Twitter. I'm at Sensei Dai, or you can go to 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out, and that is the podcast I do with Vicki Stokes and Suze Gilbert. And, and occasionally me. And occasionally the Mac Mommy. Oh, my. This sounds like this could be interesting. Uh, <laughs> you guys are always interesting. Um, and, Melissa, uh, where, when you're not uh, co-conspiring with Elisa over there, where can you be found? Behind your back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or and I tell all on my website themacmommy.com or you can follow me on Twitter at themacmommy. I'm I'm online all over at themacmommy. And I don't have much to tell, but if you do want to find out more about me, I'm on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about dot 
about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And I have, uh, and I uh, mentioned it once already, Geekiest Show Ever. Uh, that's at geekiestshowever.com. And if you want to find out more about the show, head over to geekiestshowever.com. Reviews and comments on iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everybody who does that. We hope you have enjoyed the show as much as we have, and don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. I'm Bart Bouchards, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.